0: Welcome to Breaking Free Podcast, your recovery, your way. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Liv. You're in the right place if you want to explore what it means to be in recovery, to challenge the things that keep us small, and to learn how to thrive independently.
1: Together, we are breaking
0: free. Just a quick reminder
1: that while I'm a nurse and a coach, and Liv is a coach, recovery advocate, and a writer, we are not doctors. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you need to, please, please see a doctor. The Ilana Pub of Portland is proud to sponsor the Breaking Free podcast. Your recovery, your way is at the heart of our approach to recovery support services.
0: Unity Recovery, an inclusive recovery community organization serving all of Philadelphia, is proud to support the Breaking Free podcast. Recovery is possible. Find your path to break free. Welcome, everyone. Today, we are going to talk about the obsession with bodies in our culture, the harm that it causes, and what we can begin to do to change this narrative. Mm, I love this topic so much. Tiffany, what is wrong with body comparison?
1: Oh, so much wrong with it. Uh, Well, first of all, it's so subtle, and it's so common and pervasive. And we
0: all real I mean, just about everybody I know, Participates in it. I remember being in, we call it primary schools, so I think elementary school, like the mm-hmm. first school. I remember being in, we used to have what we call assembly. Mm-hmm. Do you have that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, you know, where you meet in the morning and there's a, the head teacher says something and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, yeah. I remember sitting there cross legged on the floor and comparing the size of my thighs to the girl next to me. Mm-hmm. I must have been about six years old. Yeah. It's not frightening.
1: Yeah, uh, it starts really young. Yeah, I yeah. was. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. I was afraid. I didn't like sitting next to girls who were smaller than me because yeah, I would feel like I was so much bigger. Yeah. And um, also, I didn't want anyone to pick me up because, aside from my parents, because I was afraid. You know, like in school, some ki- kids will sometimes like pick each other up. Yeah. Um, both boys and girls. Not you know, um, nothing gendered there, but. Um, I, yeah, I was afraid that they would know that I was actually a lot heavier than I looked. Wow. I was afraid of how heavy I was even at a young age. Same. And, you know, I was always a really solid kid. Yeah. But I was, you know, still, I was actually, you know, pretty average, um, but I was one of the youngest kids in the class. So had I been in, I should have been the next year down, I would have been probably like one of the bigger kids. So for yeah. my age, I was, but... um.
0: And I was bigger because I was taller. Mm-hmm. I was the tallest in my year.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Probably all the way through, like, high school, right?
0: All the way through high school. And then when I got to the last year of high school, the the girls in uh, the very first years were nearly my height. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and things had started to catch up. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I was the tallest. I mean, I have a tall family. My twin brother is six or five.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: You know, and I'm nearly 5'11". So I was bigger. Mm-hmm. But I was constantly looking at the size of me compared to somebody else. So what does, um, what does it look like? Yeah, I mean, it's... we touched on that briefly for, for in our experience. But mm-hmm. what about the, the broader context?
1: Yeah. So body comparison really starts with body checking, right? So we're kind of checking our own bodies. Yeah. We're looking in the mirror. We're adjusting our clothes constantly.
0: And women do it when they approach one another, don't mm-hmm. they? And I think we do it. It's insidious. Like, we don't recognize that we do it. And I heard someone say this to me, and I don't know if there is a scientific basis in it, but the, they said there's a biological reason why women do that because, from a mating perspective, mm. we're assessing risk or threat. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think sure there's definitely, like, there's, when you approach it needs somebody, to some research.
1: yeah, the risk and threat thing, you know, there's probably, there's some. Um, there's a there is some basis in science for that. Like you definitely have to decide if somebody's safe or not. Yeah. Um, and whether somebody is a potential mate or potential friend, these things. But placing the value on looking a certain way definitely Mm. comes from diet culture, right? Yeah. So you know it, and and the other thing that I really find that women do a lot is. We try to keep ourselves like make ourselves look smaller. Yeah. So we like sit breathing a in, mm-hmm. holding your belly in, you're not breathing, not yeah. standing up straight. Yeah. Right. Not putting your shoulders back. Muffin top. Yeah. You want you're gonna lean back a little in your chair so that like you don't have any yeah. lumps. Right. Smoothing things over, trying to you know.
0: Spanks.
1: Oh my gosh, spanks. And the thing <sighs> is that when we do that, when we try to make ourselves look smaller, or when we actually like compress our bodies using things like Spanx. Um, it actually can cause you to not be like expanding your rib cage as much, right? And yeah. not breathe as much. And yeah. what happens when we breathe in fully is that like a whole cascade of good hormones happen, right? So actually by keeping ourselves smaller, we could be preventing that and keeping ourselves kind of in this heightened state of stress response. Ah. So staying in fight or flight. So it's also kind of physically harmful in that way.
0: And I wonder by doing that, you're reinforcing the message that I'm too big. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, you're, and you're kind of unconsciously seeing other people do that and being like, oh, I need to be smaller too.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and then if they see you do it, then they know that, that they have to do it too. Mm-hmm. It's kind of messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some other ways that we do that? Yeah, so
1: back to kind of body comparison, of course, the thing where we like scan, look at other women, judge women, you know, especially it's interesting in the fitness realm. Uh, it's like, yeah. well, she, you know, I saw this comment online the other day about how someone um, couldn't be that good of an instructor. It was like Zumba or I don't remember what it was because she was not in this like fit enough body, quote unquote.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: And I mean, you know, I think about this a lot being a coach, you know, people see my weight fluctuate. I'm sure that they judge me, you know, and yeah. My body size has nothing to do with my relationship with food. I have a really healthy relationship with food now. Or your
0: strength or your level of fitness. Or my health. And I, I used to get that a lot. I remember when I very first went when I went to my very first doctor in America and she immediately made assumptions about me because of the body yeah. that I live in. Mm-hmm. You know, she told me that I had sleep apnea. She told me that I needed to go on to a drug that would restrict my appetite. Mm. And she made assumptions about my strength and fitness. And actually when all my blood work came back, great she was surprised. And I explained to her, at that point, I cycled 100 miles a week, I could deadlift over 200 pounds. Mm -hmm. You know, I was really physically fit. Yeah, yeah. And yet, it's against what her medical training had told. I mean, that's, that's the other point too, is. Oh, yeah. The
1: healthcare industry totally perpetuates this, unfortunately. Um, So, you know, it also looks like Body bashing. It, it looks like yes. commenting on our bodies and commenting on other people's bodies. And we're gonna get into this in another episode and talk about how to have boundaries around that. Mm. Um, but those comments, you know, that it reinforces the idea that that you know we should be smaller and that we're better for smaller. And so, kind of this value and worth around. Um, you know, how much we're seeking fitness or how much we're seeking to lose weight or how much we are losing weight or not losing weight, right? This constant evaluation of women's bodies. Um, yeah. It is really harmful.
0: And what about the social media people that post things like, you know, like we just said earlier, no excuses. Mm-hmm. Like, as you know, a woman with four babies and a six pack. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that ju- is just shaming other women.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this idea that... Um, that any bodies are the, are better, right? And that yeah. if you're not striving for a certain um, look, then there's something wrong with you, or there's, you know, it's a moral issue, right? That you mm-hmm. have to quote unquote be healthier. Um, so there's a great, um, a couple of articles I wanna mention here, but we have to take a quick break.
0: The Alana Club of Portland is proud to
1: sponsor the Breaking Free podcast. Your Recovery, Your Way is at the heart of our approach to recovery support services. As the largest and most diversely programmed non-clinical recovery support center in the United States, we've been proudly breaking barriers and forging new pathways for years to ensure everyone has a home in recovery. From peer mentoring to recovery CrossFit, from trauma-informed yoga to mindfulness training, the Alano Club of Portland has a recovery pathway that's right for you.
0: Here at Unity Recovery, we believe recovery should be the expectation, not the exception. Whether you find support with mutual aid, harm reduction, medication, or yoga, your recovery is beautiful and worth celebrating. Learn more and become part of the recovery movement at unityrecovery.org. And we're back. And Tiffany is going to tell us about the great TED Talk.
1: Oh yeah. So um it's by Beauty Redefined. So Lindsay Kite is um there's there's they're twins, her and her twin sister created Beauty Redefine and, and Lindsay did a TED talk around um, our bodies and the, the thing is that body positivity sometimes even contributes to this because it's like you know curvy women are beautiful and you know that still kind of sets us up for like the standard of you know you have to have a certain shape it could be different sizes potentially but mm. the correct shape or um, yeah that
0: you have to be like Ashley Graham who yeah. is incredibly beautiful, yep. but also like we don't necessarily have curves in those places. Yeah, and, um,
1: and that it's about our bodies, right? That our value and our worth is about our bodies. And right. so when I watch this TED Talk, and of course we'll link it in the show notes, I want to give a quick bell for them. <phone rings> but when I watch this TED Talk, it just really... It was so inspiring to me and such a good reinforcement of, you know, my the direction I'm going with this in my own personal life. That, um, you know, it's really my value and my worth has nothing to do with my size. It has nothing to do with what I weigh. It has nothing to do with whether I have the right curves or no curves. Right. It has to do with um, who I am. And, um, you know, my value and my worth is constant. I don't I don't feel like it changes. I feel like each person is equally valuable and worthy of love and respect. And so um, I actually didn't mean to bring this up, but I, I do have a woman festo and we'll link that in the show notes where I talk about, you know, my my value and my worth being um, constant and non-negotiable. So you know I love this TED talk because it kind of re um, reframes it as, you know, we're not women are not just bodies. No. We're people. Yeah. And, um, you know, whether we are thin or fat or, you know, big or small or um, whether we have, you know, four appendages or (laughs) whether we walk, you know, on two feet or we're um, using a wheelchair to get around. Like none of those things define our value and our worth. Right.
0: No, because we don't comment on male bodies in that way.
1: Not usually. I mean, there's, you know, for men who aren't kind of in the standard, like, middle range, I'm sure they do receive comments, um, but it isn't as hyper-focused. For women, it's not even just your size exactly. It's, like, whether... You know, whether you're dressed a certain way, whether you, again, whether you have those curves, right? That's why we have these fake push-up bras and we have Spanx and we have high heels and all of that.
0: And I wonder, too, if this, you know, this must have an impact on people who who identify as, you know, in a non-binary sense. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. they must come up, up against the conception that you can't be gendered in one way or another because those curves or lack of curves are identified with certain genders Mm.
1: Mm, interesting yeah so this kind of this idea of fitting into a box and if you don't fit into the box you don't make the cut
0: right Mm
1: -hmm. yeah so what do we do about all this what do we do (laughs) um so i love there's a principle of intuitive eating called respect your body and it's really about um Accepting our bodies Mm -hmm. and having gratitude for our bodies and respect, you know, showing our bodies respect um, through self-care. Um, and the acceptance piece can be really challenging, but, you know, if you think about like someone with a size nine foot, you wouldn't expect that person to sit in, fit into a size five shoe, right? Your foot is the size it is like, that's just real life. And that there's genetic factors and there's, you know, there's so many, did you just have a baby? Your feet are going to be like bigger, (laughs) you know, whatever. There's so many factors to it. Right. And so if we just treated our, treat our bodies in a way that shows it respect and gratitude Um, And work toward acceptance as our bodies are today and that we are valuable and worthy of love and respect in our bodies as they are in this moment. Um, Mm. I feel like we'll have a lot more peace. Um, But then we have to start kind of attacking the commenting piece. Um, You know, and really for me that meant trying to establish in my relationships that I don't want to talk about people's bodies. I don't want comments on my body. Yeah. Um, And we're going to, again, talk about this in the boundaries, uh, the food and body boundary um, episode coming up.
0: I have that a lot. You know, I have some family members who want to discuss their weight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that always comes into the very first conversation, like how much they weigh or how much weight they've lost or gained or, you know, and, and my body, you know, my body is seen as my worth, although they wouldn't. They probably wouldn't say this, but they they attach my happiness mm. to a certain size. And when I inhabit a bigger body, they assume that I'm unhappy.
1: Yeah. Isn't that fascinating. fascinating? It is fascinating. And people actually do this with health as well a lot of the time. Um, they attach our health to what our bodies are like. And um, there's actually an article that I love about this. Um, I'm going to pull it up really quick. Oh, we really need to stop complimenting people on weight loss. That's Mm. one of them. It's a self-article. And then I'm afraid you're going to die because you're fat. And this is a really interesting, it's by um, Fat Girl Flow. And, you know, just a note for those of you who aren't familiar with the um, kind of anti-diet movement for people who identify this way. A lot of times people have kind of reclaimed the term fat. And the idea is that it is a descriptor. It's not good or bad. So if we remove judgment on people's values based on it, yeah. it's not, it's just a body descriptor. And so some people have reclaimed that term. So Fat Girl Flow obviously has reclaimed it. She's comfortable using that term for herself. Um, but I certainly don't call people fat, um, especially in a derogatory way. Yeah. But knowing that it's not you know, like it's when not you say, fat is not
0: a dirty word.
1: No, if you say, oh, I'm fat and people say, oh, no, no, you're not, because it's like what that would be like the last thing you'd want to be. Right. But it's not it's it's not a dirty word, like you said, and it's not um, a value judgment. And so, um, again, you know, we have to leave it up to the people who, um, you know, if someone is in a larger body, they get to decide for themselves how they want to label themselves. Um, but, you know, I try to use that term um, when it's appropriate yeah. so that people, we can start to take the emotional charge out of it and recognize that it's not good or bad. It's, it's, it's similar to saying skinny, right? But, yeah. um, but in our culture, people have used it as a derogatory term. So, you know, it's not really appropriate to use that term for other people, whether, uh, without their, um, kind of a consent or, um, without knowing their preferences around it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the health at every size, um, Movement. What about um,
0: respect? Uh, yeah. How do we show respect for health at every size? Yeah. So with health at every size,
1: respect is really about you know respecting others, um, again the value and worth piece, and um, and showing ourselves that respect regardless of our size. So yeah. you know treating ourselves with kindness.
0: Yeah. And honoring, honoring. Diversity of bodies. Oh, my uh, gosh. You guys,
1: I have... Oh, I'm trying to say y'all.
0: Y'all. Honeys. <laughs> uh, honeys,
1: yeah. Honeys. Um, I'm kind of reclaiming y'all because I have... I, I like discovered God. my
0: family in, in Georgia. So I'm like, Are you Are Southern? Yeah. I, I have a soft... I'm convinced I'm going to marry a Southerner. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Watch this down? space. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so, you know, my... Instagram feed, I have really made a point of following people of every body type, Mm. you know, of different colors than me, of different, um, you know, abilities or different types of bodies. And recently, um, I actually was talking with a client about this, and she was saying, you know, a lot of times um, body positive, people in the body positive space are kind of reclaiming their bodies in a way that makes them show up, like, just in bra and panties or, like, you know, nude except for, like, their nipples are covered or something like that, right? And that that actually was triggering for her and made her uncomfortable. And so I thought, you know, what are some other ways that we can do this? And so now I've started to follow. um, There's a, a hashtag called break the stereotype and I really enjoy that there's a lot of times there's like dancers who are in larger bodies oh. and yeah and it's so much fun and then I started following like female adventurers um who are in larger bodies and so you know there's like women who are hiking and there's you know people of color who are hiking and older women who are hiking and and you know just like people that you wouldn't necessarily not all hiking either they're doing all kinds of stuff but um But that's just been incredible. Like seeing women who look like me and who look like other – like just in all kinds of different bodies, like regular, real people
0: doing interesting, fun things. Yeah. Weird. The the diet culture has told you that they cannot do because of their bodies. Yeah. But they absolutely can. And I can.
1: And, you know, it's good for me to see those things. So, um, you know, so that's one of the ways that I show respect is by, um, you know – Um, making a point of following and, you know, contributing to the businesses, right? Like, I like their business pages and I try to um, support business owners of all kinds of different, you know, body types and all types of different... um, And different
0: types of ability too, right? Because I think we've not only whitewashed people's body shape, but we've also been very ableist about it too. Mm -hmm. Um, So we need to not assume... Uh, I read a great article yesterday about disability and how a couple, I'll see if I can put it in the show notes, a couple had made their wedding um, disabled friendly. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that that should be the norm in the same way that it should be the norm that we are neutral in our language around gender.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should be the norm, right? And actually, it's funny that you say that because I I just saw an article about um, floating around in one of the intuitive eating groups that I'm in about chair sizes. Like if you go to a doctor's office or something like that and there's a chair that's different, that's potentially a larger chair. Like, that chair is for someone who would benefit from it, right? Like, if you, it's not for your purse or whatever. (laughs) And so having that awareness or, like, some of the ways that the seating setup, you know, may be for, you know, like, if you go to um, a show or a game or something, there are chairs or there's spaces there for people who are in wheelchairs or for, you know. So being mindful of that. That's one of the ways we can show respect. Um, So celebrating... Yeah, no, so go go on. Oh, so celebrating body diversity, honoring different sizes and ages and race and ethnicity and gender and and disability ability, um, sexual orientation, all of those things that actually, it helps everyone um, by recognizing that we're all individuals and that that's beautiful right yeah. and that there isn't one right way to be
0: yeah uh, what's interesting for me is I feel that there is more space for me in America than there is in the UK yeah. because you know all throughout my life di- I mean diet culture is throughout you know is global but it is particularly strong in Europe you know women are very you know I would say inhabit smaller bodies mm-hmm. in England, um, and the you know talking about chair size, I have never seen a bigger chair size in a doctor's office in England. Mm-hmm. They're all really small chairs, mm-hmm. and I that was the first thing I noticed when I came here is that there are larger chairs, there are larger wheelchairs, there mm-hmm. are larger chairs to sit, uh, hospital beds. Mm-hmm. Just there is more space for me here, mm-hmm. um, awesome. and I didn't feel that in the UK. You know, even from a dating perspective, like, you know, guys here like curvy girls, mm-hmm. not all guys, but, you know, some guys like curvy girls. And, yeah, it was really interesting to me to see that difference. Mm-hmm. So what are the other ways that we can um, talk about health at every size, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and create awareness around that? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so really valuing our body's knowledge and our lived experience and taking the um, taking the lens or the the focus off of looking a certain way, but instead honoring you know who we are, where, where we've come from, um, and really challenging those assumptions that are out there that um, that there is a certain way, right? So diet culture, um, even you know in the healthcare industry. So like if you go to the doctor's office, you don't hmm. have to be weighed yeah. unless you're someone who has like a heart heart failure right and you're weighing for how much fluid you have on board or or you're getting a dose-dependent medication otherwise you really don't need to be weighed and you can certainly refuse to be weighed um and you know a lot of doctor's offices don't even know that right so you might have to be the one to kind of advocate and challenge that idea of like why do you feel that you need to Mm -hmm. weigh me do you have a reason if i'm here for like a gynecological exam there's no reason that i need to be weighed right um and Knowing that you have that power to challenge that assumption.
0: Um, Tell me about the. Um, do you remember when I went? I went to go and see a. Um, a neurologist. Mm-hmm. And he shamed me throughout the entire appointment asking me what I was going to do to reduce my risk of diabetes. He shamed me in a load of other ways, mm-hmm. too. And he touched me. And I mean, it was offensive. But you told me about something that I could do beforehand oh, yeah. to empower myself. Talk mm-hmm. about that.
1: Yeah, so oh gosh, I'm trying to remember who this came from. I think it came from the podcast Do No Harm by Dr. Dion Nelson. And the uh, idea was, I can't remember which episode, but the idea was to write a kind of an advocating um, care plan for yourself and then send that in advance and ask that provider, my mind. Yeah <laughs> Like ask that the provider read that um, because you know, it can be really helpful when you let them know up front, I'm not willing to discuss um, or focus on weight loss. I'm not willing to um, discuss diets at all. These are the people who I am working with in my healthcare journey. These are the things that I'm concerned about. These are the things I want to focus on, right? So even if you are a person with diabetes who happens to be in a larger body, um, there are so many health interventions that we can do that aren't weight-focused at all. And in fact, the studies show that you have better outcomes when we focus on health interventions than when we focus on weight loss.
0: That was amazing. That blew my mind. And, And what, actually, with this guy, I mean, he was an ass. He actually... I'm not sure if it would have worked in that scenario because he said that he didn't read my my referral notes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Is like when you're going to see a specialist, it's a little more challenging. But when you're establishing with a primary care doctor, um, you know, in that case, it's it's fine to say I'm not going to see a specialist.
0: I mean, why not? You're paying, and your insurers are paying more money to see them.
1: Yeah. I just know how hard it is from working on the hill to get into neurologists. Yeah, in to see a and neurologist. I come
0: from a family of doctors. I, I mean, I know. Yeah. Like once you get to that senior level, you, they're t- Yeah, they, oh man. You know, they, I mean,
1: seriously, they'll be like, "Well, if she doesn't want to come in, to like, I don't want to." Too see bad. Him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's terrible. But yeah. that that really is how it is. But especially with a primary care, I feel like if they can't take the time to read, you know a like, one or two-page document Maybe before you Maybe we should do of... an
0: episode, Dear Doctors. Dear
1: Doctors. Ooh, Dear that's a good idea. Doctors. We'd love to hear your thoughts. You know, you can always call into the show. If you go to um, breaking free. Uh, our Breaking Free um, on Anchor, if you go to our page, which is always in the, um, you know, in the links, then you can leave a message for us all right so um back to health at every size so yeah really challenging those assumptions and you know advocating for yourself and even just asking yourself if you're not feeling comfortable challenging them outside of yourself just even when you have that thought of like about how someone looks like oh why am I having this thought what is the purpose is this a harmful thing to you know express right if someone says if you say like oh you look great you lost weight right really recognizing like what is that telling them that's telling them that they didn't look great before they lost weight or that they won't look great if they don't lose weight in the future or they don't maintain their weight loss right and so kind of having that uh, increased awareness around it and questioning oh what am i what am i what's the purpose of this why am i perpetuating that is that really helpful or is it harmful
0: and what are the ways that we can be compassionate towards caring for ourselves. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, so this is a piece of um, health at every size that I love so much. So really finding joy in moving our bodies rather than, you know, punitive, you should exercise, or I drank that milkshake so I have to exercise – reminding ourselves that our bodies can do incredible things you know Mm. and in moving our body and being joyful in that um it's really showing kind of gratitude and appreciation for like oh body i love you know i i try to even take a moment when i'm like stretching and just recognize how like amazing it feels and how there's like so many like ligaments and bones and muscles and everything that are contributing to me being able to move through my day Mm. Um, I love that. Yeah, and then eating in a way that is flexible and attuned. So really, you know, we talk about this a lot in um, intuitive eating. Not eating something because you should, but eating based on you know, am I hungry? Am I full? What would be satisfying to me? Um, eating in a way that honors your body and that um, that you enjoy, mm. rather than you know, I have to eat a certain number of calories or um, you know, m- ignoring your appetite or something like that.
0: Yeah. So what's the breaking free solution?
1: (laughs) Um, I would say, you know, first off, this isn't meant to be a judgment or a shaming episode, right? A judgmental or shaming episode. So, you know, if it never even occurred to you that telling someone that they look good because they lost weight might not be helpful, um, you know, that's okay because this is kind of a newer concept and um, we're all trying to break free from diet culture, Mm -hmm. right? And it's so pervasive and so sticky that sometimes we don't even see it. Um, So for me, the breaking free solution has really been slowly getting curious and slowly learning to show my body love and respect. Um, And for some people, you know, love isn't really um, the goal, right? But showing our bodies respect and having gratitude for our bodies. um, For me, that was, that was really the seed that I needed to start Mm. growing and that has felt really good to me and I feel like I grow into it more and more and more how about you what are your thoughts about what um, what might be
0: I think um challenging those perspectives like we've talked about challenging um challenging others like you know setting boundaries which we're going to come on to in a future episode you know my my body and my size and my shape is not a standing agenda item. Mm-hmm. The end.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's coming up. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about the boundaries. Right. Um. And and it's, yeah, there's an.
0: But also like also challenging the self-talk, you know, like I am too big. Mm. Like this, ch- I am too big for this chair, mm-hmm. you know, the chair isn't big enough.
1: For you. For me. Yeah, the clothes aren't the right size for your body. Right.
0: In the same way that we do this in a kind of dating way too, you know, like... I'm not the right person for him. Well, maybe he's not the right person for me. Yeah. Maybe I am too much woman for him, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah I love that you brought my... this up because there's the um, Michelle Ellman <clears throat> posted on Instagram, fat is not a feeling. And so we'll have this in the show notes as well. And even just saying I feel fat um, can kind of contribute to this because actually, what do you feel? I feel afraid that I'm not going to be accepted. I yeah. feel uncomfortable in this chair, right? Yeah. I feel um, bloated good right yeah. I feel like I might look you know I'm not, I don't look the way that I you know feel like I should in society by society standards or these whatever clothes
0: are tight or I'm bloated because I might have my period yeah. you know or whatever
1: there's lots of reasons but it's not really that's not really a feeling right no. and, and when we say that we actually give other people the idea that that's a bad thing it's like yeah. saying you know you throw like a girl right it reinforces it pardon me yeah Yeah, reinforces exactly that there's something bad or wrong with being fat and so um, really questioning those things um, both I think you know in the micro micro and then macro so like you said kind of internally but then also especially externally like this isn't um, because I'm bad or wrong this is because our culture is set up in a way to be shaming and stigmatizing to people whose bodies are not um, you know fitting into a very narrow and unrealistic standard yeah yeah all right well this thank has you been so listening. much fun yeah thanks for being on today guys talk to you next time thank you for listening to breaking free podcast your recovery your way
0: we want to hear from you
1: email us at hello at breakingfreerecovery.com or join our facebook group breaking free
0: community tell us what breaking free means to you briefly for for in our experience but what about the the broader context
1: yeah so body comparison really starts with body checking right so we're kind of checking our own bodies we're looking in the mirror we're adjusting our clothes constantly
0: and women do it when they approach one another don't Mm -hmm. they and I think we do it it's insidious like we don't recognize that we do it and I heard someone say this to me and I don't know if there is a scientific basis in it but the they said there's a biological reason why women do that because, from a mating perspective, yeah. we're assessing risk or threat. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I we're think sure there's definitely that. like, there's when you approach somebody, do some research.
1: yeah, the risk and threat thing, you know, there's probably, there's some, um, there's a there is some basis in science for that like you definitely have to decide if somebody's safe or not yeah um and whether somebody is a potential mate or a potential friend these things